in this episode. They said something like, does anyone else have a hard time finding books that they can really get into because of the way the prose is? And I'm thinking, oh, me and this person are on the same you know, page. And I'm thinking um, they probably like lean prose too and not all the flowery stuff and everything. And no, it was the opposite. Yeah, so some, I mean, there's different methods and stuff. Some people like, you know, a small process and some people like them elongated. (laughs) This is very true. (laughs) How long were you waiting to say that? I was. I was waiting, dude. Oh, I was holding that one in, tucking that one in. You're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, episode 30 on writing. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeremiah Bannister. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Chad Lutsky. And you're watching Paleo Cheese Podcast, part of the Project entertainment network and chad what is going on man (laughs) oh okay i see it i got you man i got you look at that look at the mask man for the podcast audience they have no idea what's going on right now they're like they're like what's this pause all about and it's like because he's got he's got a gimmick you have a spectacle going on right now dude hey dude safety first safety first yes so you're gonna (laughs) are you gonna wear the mask the whole time you gotta double it up dude we're in the we're in the day and age right now of the double or triple mask so you oh, got it's double it's got a filter like thing in it oh you yeah. you're all, you've already got it covered yeah <laughs> yeah yeah dude but yeah, and that's we, the uh the I'm design killing, from the shining i'm killing two birds with one stone here yeah because you and i noticed as i was on here the lighting was making my mustache look like i had a <laughs> <laughs> double mustache on one side <laughs> and that i shaved half of it off on the other side a, du- a double mustache. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> oh no, no, dude. Yeah, but the only problem, the only problem is, man, is it makes your mouth, it makes you sound a little muffly. Does it? Okay, not, yeah. not that bad. I mean, you'd have to really just basically French kiss that microphone. All right, that's good. No, I, I, it I looks like just... a manly stash right now. It doesn't look like a double mustache. It just looks manly. Like maybe it's a little bit buffer on one side than the other. You know, like yeah. yeah. Somebody who works out their right arm a lot more than their left arm. Yeah, like I, like a lot of, a lot of those guys do that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, yeah, actually, my mom got this for me for my birthday. So really? she bought me a sweet overlook, long sleeve overlook, well, uh, overlook hotel shirt, too. Really? Which I'm not wearing right now. Dude, now I kind of miss your mom. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of do, man. I kind of miss your mom, dude. It's been, it's been how long, dude, since I've seen your mom? People are like, dude, what are they talking oh, about? No I've known idea. Chad for a long time. And, you know, yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've loved his mom for a long time. And I, I miss that lady. She's an amazing person. And, uh, it's, it's funny because she always, maybe she just said it to my face, but she always, you know, said I was kind of like a fun guy. You know what I mean? Well, actually, I have three moms. You have three. Okay, no, no. <laughs> you're lying <laughs> you're lying no i do i have my mom linda and then my mom bro bro my mom my other mom shaniqua it's ray sean's mom and then my other mom uh oh yeah so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> no that's harkening back to uh, a couple episodes ago and yeah yeah i blew, yeah. I blew your mind with my unbelievable my, uh, mystery sister and brother and dude they're real that's the thing i i can report to everybody right now who listened to that episode and maybe you guys and girls maybe you were left hanging and wondering you know with a great deal of suspense you know how did this end is it true is is chad trolling jeremiah in real time like what's happening here i can tell you guys it it's it's real he really does have this other brother and sister that all these years i I just didn't know about, and maybe they're part of a long con too, or he just found some, you know, people in some stock images and stuff and sent them, but they look pretty legit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Man. Uh, yeah. So for those who are watching on YouTube, uh, didn't see the mustache going on. Yeah. That's not, it's the lighting. 
I did not shave half of my mustache. <laughs> Dude, do you think there's anybody who's like, why would Chad shave his mustache like that? And they're like really thinking deep down inside, dude, that that is exactly how you intended it. They're like, oh, yeah, he's he's growing that one side out real strong. I don't understand what's going <laughs> dude, the on. The whole show. You may as well just go get a pair of clippers right now, dude. I'll, yeah. I'll cover for you. And I'll, we'll just talk, dis- you know. You're good. I'm distracted. Yeah. yeah. I look like uh, you know, like kids when they cut their hair for the first time. A lot of kids' <laughs> first haircut is them doing it. Hiding in the corner and snipping their bangs so they're all way up here and jaggedy. It's look that's kind of what my mustache looks like right now. You could just what you could do, you could put that uh you, you could put the microphone up, dude, like a grill, you know what I'm saying? Like you got the old yeah. gold teeth thing going and uh get that up there, it's, dude, and so that way it just covers up. Nobody'd even know. Right, dude. That sounds yeah. really good, man. You should do that more regularly. That sounds really great. What it, way up here? Way up there, dude. Yeah, just oh. just like I said, dude, fr- just French kiss that thing. That it'll work. It'll work, Chad. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I missed you, bud. Dude, we, we, I yeah. yeah, we haven't really talked to each other for a while. It's ridiculous, dude. It's offensive. It's a it's a, a big time tragedy, dude. When um, we first started the podcast back in what April or something, yeah. Of 2020, um, we were talking several times a day for several months. Yeah, yeah. And then you got busy with your, where uh, you with your show, and um, you've, you've started to forget about me. And then, <laughs> now, yeah, yeah, yeah I, well, I mean, you were doing you were doing your yeah. show uh, every day, five days a week. So yeah, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and I had been super busy with all, all of my writing stuff, but yeah, and it's. But it, that kind of segues a little bit into what I wanted to talk about tonight. Yeah. Um, you recently made some changes. We won't get into um, uh, exactly you know what you were doing, but you uh, had a radio show that you were doing, and you've yeah. done that kind of thing a lot in the past. Yeah. Whether it be you know uh, a legit, uh, an actual like over the airways radio or. Um, uh, access vision or or like what you were doing just recently with uh your your show that's being hosted and and being you know blasted around but you just went from doing five days a week to one day a week yes right yeah and one of those reasons why is because you were wanting to make some more time in your life for writing yes so i wanted to talk a little bit about writing and and kind of put you in the hot seat and hold you accountable. And I wanted to ask you, since you've made that change and you've allowed that time, are you taking advantage yes. of that time? Yes. Yeah? Oh yeah, dude. It's it's funny, man, because you know we don't. I don't. We don't talk a lot about what I do. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of that's its own separate little world over there, and mm-hmm. on purpose, in fact. Um, but it was one of those things, man, where I I was sick and tired of of saying that, you know, I want to write a book. I, you know, I've been working on a novel and I'm like 85% complete. And I've said that literally for like two years now, Mm -hmm. it has, it's just, it stayed there. Uh, uh, what is it, man? Um, national writing month or whatever. Right. Dude, Jack crap. Yeah. And, and I mean, I commit, I even talked on my show about it, but every day, every day I was, you know, working, uh, you know, I was doing three hour shows. And so on top of that, I mean, you have to average, it's about, about an hour and a half of study per hour. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't even include the setup beforehand or the post production or and that's not even the sharing or anything. And it was just, it was consuming everything. And I was sick and tired of saying that I wasn't writing. Mm-hmm. And I had this conversation, dude, with this guy, he's kind of a mystery friend. Um, and he was talking to me and, and he, he told me in his, in his opinion, and I think that he's got a lot of things that he's, that's correct what he said, but he's, he was wrong about something. I feel he said that he said, he believes that I'm an actor, like just my, my personality, like what, what do I do? How do I get into kind of, um, a state of mind when I do what I do for hours at a time, theatrical and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I don't believe that, um, I believe that I'm a poet. I've written poetry. I love poetry. I read, dude, you know it. I, 
you'll, mm-hmm. you'll be like, hey, man, what did you read? And I'm like, oh, Euripides, <laughs> Sophocles, right? Uh, Aeschylus, Dante. I read these. I read poetry. I love it. I love to write it. I've won awards. For, I've won an award. One. I've won an award for my poetry. And I love it. It comes out of me. In fact, I, I've told you before that when, I, when I'm writing the novel, one of the things that I've struggled with is the prosy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. The flourishings of, of prose and all that. Um, and so I've always kind of struggled with that because that's my natural inclination, but I well, haven't. I think yeah. that's because you've spent more time reading poetry than you have any type of prose fiction. In part because I love poetry and I love writing it. And yeah. so I do need to mix it up and you're right. Like that's why I, I said earlier with the show that I'm actually trying to, to branch out and to read more, even the poetry that I'm reading. I'm, I'm trying to avoid sonnets. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to read things that are actual stories, like whether it's uh, in the form of a play like Faust or, you know, uh, Hippolytus or whatever, that reading something that is is ultimately a play, Shakespeare, and not just simply reading, you know, sonnets all day long. And yeah. so I've tried to do that and tried to get more into fiction. But since since stopping the five day a week thing, since doing that, mm-hmm. um, I have written poetry and I've written stuff for the book almost every day, almost every single day. And I, I am so happy today. I, I made a big decision actually about the book and I am so relieved. And it was inspired actually by you, bro. It was inspired by you, buddy. Oh yeah. Yes. I am. Um, two things actually. One was inspired by, it's kind of a weird way. I guess um, one of those things was inspired in the way that like you motivated me to do something in, um, mimicking something you've done. And another one was saying it inspired me to do what I do, even though that's not what you do, <laughs> right? Like that I'm my own guy too. Cause I look mm-hmm. up to you, dude. I, I told my wife, I was talking about, it's funny. You're even talking about this at all. Cause I was just talking about this topic with my wife uh, before the show. And I said, you know, I said, I, I said, Chad's a hero to me. I've said it on the show and I kind of <laughs> say it as a joke and like chuckle and everything, but you know, you, you are really kind of like, you know, the dad that I always wish I had. And, you know, not really. Screw <laughs> 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 you. Know, I'm not yeah. that old. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. But you're, you're, like the, you're like the older brother. I'm serious. Like, you're like the older brother that I never had. I'm firstborn. So, I didn't have any older brother. Right? And you've always been kind of that older brother to me. And um, so, I've looked at you and your, your work over the years. Your work with with movies, making short short films and stuff like that that had a big influence on me you know it you saw you noticed it with Mm -hmm. the a scene in the commercial i did for the christmas thing Mm -hmm. um and a little a little scene and it's like yeah that's that's a lutsky thing um but also with writing and um one thing that i've never done and i just ever i've written probably probably thousands of pages of writing in my life and whether it's journalism, whether it's essays, whether, you know, poetry, prose, speculative fiction, tons of it. One thing I've never done is written a fiction book. Like it just, there's a, a typical format of a fiction book with dialogue and everything else. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even read a lot of that as I've admitted on the show. So when I write, I'm, I, I'm really good at writing. I have my own fan base. I have I have people who share my stuff like crazy. If I if I if I go somewhere, but yet that's its own style. And I because I wanted to write a novel, I got into this mindset of like, man, well, I need to write and and really learn and all this the, the way that chapter breakdowns and stuff work. And that's just not me. It's not me. I I'm not. There's things that you do that are so good that um that blow my mind and I have compared it to Hemingway where I've said the way that you're able to sum up really, really, really just uh, um, feelings and images that are, are pregnant with meaning that you're able to do that with hardly any words at all. And it's, it's, it's remarkable in fact, and it creates a certain style that you can read your book. Even if you try to hide it, dude, you're people are going to be like, well, I think that's uh, maybe some Chad Lusky stuff. And <laughs> yeah. so, you know, but with me, I'm not that. I I don't I I don't do that. I I am the flowery guy. 
I'm the guy who likes alliteration. And for a long time, I was trying to be like, well, I need to get away from that. And, and maybe, maybe I need to, to fit into this mold that was in my head on what I should do. And I said, I came to the conclusion since stopping the show, I said, no, no, I need to write like I write. I am proud of my writing. Yeah. I love my writing. I love my audience. I love, I'm happy that I got an award. I've saved the pictures, dude, of getting that award. I have the, I have the, the award in my home. So I'm like, the, I have people that love what I do. They want that to be out. They want it to be me. What mm -hmm. they've come to know is me. And the last thing, and this is inspired by you in a good way that says this is not to not to do something other than what you do, but something that you have given and blazed a trail for, for me is to say, I'm really good at writing chapters that are like four to six paragraphs long, eight paragraphs max, something like that. I'm good at writing. I could write a chapter, dude. That's one paragraph. That's mega dope. I can do it. Mm -hmm. And, but I've gotten in this mindset that says, I got to write this, you know, chapter in the typical way that I think when I think of chapters and that I've read in fiction books where it's multiple pages and you know, everything else. And I'm like, no, I, because it's like a whole different thing for me trying to connect them together. And you know, even, even if it's just self-imposed, right, um, to break free from that and say, I'm just going to write serials of, of parables and these amazing things, these stories, these situations and episodes that that have significance and meaning, not just to the sequence of the story, but have something deep within a moral lesson that's different from the other ones that I'm selecting mm -hmm. and to put them together. And there, there would be no dramatic disconnect, but people would have to fill in the blanks. And I'm like, but that's what reading is what you do. And it's from Skullface Boy, homie. Skullface Boy, dude, it's I it's my favorite book you've ever written. I've said it before. I've said it many, 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 many times. Um, and in that book, I was blown away. And I even mentioned it to you how you had it. Like, there's a couple chapters, dude. They're like two like paragraphs. Long. Yeah, yeah it's like super short. And I mm -hmm. and I was like, whoa, dude, what the heck is this? And I was blown away. And never one time did I think like, well, how did he get from there to there? Because I knew he was on a journey. Mm hmm. And I didn't need all those details, man. Yeah. And it wasn't all in front of my face. And so that's a long way. And I know we're going to edit probably a lot of that out. But the truth is, um, it's been really great, dude. And it's been great to be away from that stuff and to kind of find my muse, man, and to be super pumped and writing the best. I'm writing the best that I've I've ever written in my life. And I am so happy about writing again. And I really meant it in a couple people have read some of this people really like prosy things mm -hmm. and um they were like they understood what i meant on one of my last shows that was a weekly daily show where i said if you really want to know me you have to read me because that is true because i at the, at the core of it i'm not i don't believe that i was made by god to sit in front of a camera on youtube all the time no offense to this show i love the show <laughs> in, in my own show i'm saying in my own you know mm -hmm. like I don't believe that that it's like, oh, yeah, well, that's that's what I'm supposed to do with my life. I really do believe that I should write. That's why I went to school for it. Mm -hmm. and that's why I've loved doing it my whole life. And I love coming back to it. Well, that's awesome. It, yeah. And, and thank you for the kind words. Uh, going back to like, yeah, the paragraph thing. Um, I, I, you know, I think I learned that from. And it wasn't that I was trying to copy anything. It was just like, I see those short paragraphs as like quick edits in a film where <clears throat> when something is quickly, when there's a quick edit of something, it gives an emphasis like this, either hilarious period or dramatic period at the end of whatever you just saw. So a quick edit um, can make you, if, if it's quick enough and stops abruptly it can make you laugh because it gives you this moment to digest it and it's just gone and so short paragraphs um and short chapters and when i say short paragraphs i mean like paragraphs that are one word two words yes you know they have uh um i don't know if it's technically in a paragraph but it's a sentence jesus wept yeah has yeah. a lot of impact because it is only two words 
Yeah. Um, something like that. I can't think of any other examples right now, but I do that kind of stuff all the time because uh, it has more of an impact when you just, you have a paragraph that is only a sentence long, only two words long, only, you know, it's by itself. It's, it's, it's packing a punch. And the same goes with chapters. And I saw, um, I had this book. It was the first Henry Rollins book I bought. Uh, actually, I think my wife got it for me like 20, 25 years ago. It's called ice cream. And it's just, uh, you know, it's not, his stuff is like weird morsels of nonfiction fiction. I, I'm not sure what they are. Um, they're just like little vignettes is what mm -hmm. they are. And that's kind of how I wrote Skullface Boy, but with like a true north, like uh, there was a destination there. Yeah. Um, and uh, I also took influence uh, a little bit from Stephen Graham Jones's uh, book, mongrels and as well as my friend john bowden's book jedi summer uh i wasn't copying them or anything it was just it was more like a it was it was more like already liking that and then getting even more verification that this is cool and it's working here and so it's not something i did on purpose with skull face boy and the same deep water as you is like that a lot too it's a lot like skull, skull face boy it's written the same very lean short chapters short sentences or short paragraphs um and uh i, I love that stuff because i i think it also allows the writer to um like really trust the reader you know mm -hmm. and when you're it feels good to trust the reader and you know if they don't get it whatever but to me, it certainly beats um, over descriptiveness and things like that. But some people like that kind of stuff too. I, I was just in a Facebook group and I was reading somebody was, somebody said something like, uh, they said something like, does anyone else have a hard time finding books that they can really get into because of the way the prose is? And I'm thinking, oh, me and this person are on the same, you know, page. And I'm thinking, um, they probably like lean pros too and not all the flowery stuff and everything. And no, it was the opposite. He, he's like, I, I like, you know, dense descriptions and I like flowery pros and all this kind of stuff. And I thought, well, I can't help you there. Yeah. So you some, know, was, I mean, there's different methods and stuff and some people like Some people like, you know, a small process and some people like them elongated. <laughs> this is very true. <laughs> How long you were we waiting to say that? I was, I was waiting, dude. Oh, I was been holding that one in, tucking that one in. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Yeah, man. Uh, so right now you're working on. I don't know what you're working on lately, but yeah. I know that you know you were referring to for the last uh, couple of years, eighty being eighty five percent done with the book. And for those yeah. who aren't familiar with uh, the times that we've talked about it on here. You are writing a, uh, basically, a, a non, I don't know how much fiction is in there, but a nonfiction book um, on the real life events of your daughter's struggle with cancer that she ultimately lost. And um, her going through that, your family going through that. Um, and I know it's, I know that, it, I haven't read it, but I know that it's not some kind of step-by-step -step procedural type thing. You know, no. I, know I know that you've, uh, spruced it up for, for lack of a better term. No, uh, it's, 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 I don't, I don't know what the, the, the right way to put it is. It's gonzo. It, yeah, it's, it's gonzo. Kind of fantastic. Okay. Yeah. 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 It, as, as, um, you know, as a literary device, it's gonzo in that, you know, it, it isn't always factual, but it always tells the truth. Mm -hmm. And so there are things in there, you know, when you deal with people with, when you have a kid with cancer, who's dying and she's a superstar and she's this amazing person that's inspiring people everywhere. You're going to have a bazillion really cool folks. And mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot around her and a lot of really amazing things that are said and done. But when you're writing a book, you can't, <laughs> you get lost in the weeds, man. If you're, if I, if I write down all the names and I, when I first started, I was kind of writing to, to them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's a, there's yeah. a, a term for that where you're, you're writing to them and I thought, you know, and in fact, you asked me about it. You said, are you writing for them or are you writing for a broad audience? I'm like, I'm writing for a broad audience. But you you pointed out that that was actually in my 
my mind. And I could look in my notes as I had stuff laid out that I had like a bazillion names, dude, page after page of people and what I wanted to say. And I'm like, it's imagining reading it and getting lost and be like, which one's that person? <laughs> you know. So yeah. I make composites. So I've got people who are composites, right? Mm -hmm. um, that will take on the burden of, of being a whole bunch of people. Um, but for the sake of the story is one. Or because there's a true north, like with Skullface Boy, um, even though in real life, because life doesn't work out, the plot structure of your day to day isn't like a book per se. It's, you know, a story um, that that some of those events uh, in, in our lives, I have moved to different places, but not in any way that would actually like change, um, change the reality of a situation. So like let's say something I experienced or something I thought may have happened later in reality, but earlier in the book, but it doesn't affect anything. It just keeps for the flow of the story. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't actually like change any uh, detail that's really important. It just keeps the flow and dimension of the story going. Um, and so sometimes that's, that takes place. Um, so there's a little bit of a Mr. Potato had a little bit with that, but it is, but it's a true story. Um, you know, I wasn't walking around with a recorder recording all of the quotes and stuff. So there are things that my daughter or myself or my family that will say that um, wouldn't have been verbatim, but mm. I'm not putting stuff in their mouth. I'm not sitting there going like, well, I need to create a, this device <laughs> to, mm -hmm. to make, you know, to keep it going. I don't do that either. I try to be the best I can true to their thoughts and true to their you know personalities and everything and what they said during those times yeah to the best of my ability but um but yeah it's kind of like that ice cream book i'm actually kind of fascinated when you said that because they are like little vignettes all put together and um you know that that create a sequence that is um you can follow it and mm -hmm. it makes sense in the order that it's structured in that it makes sense and it feels like a flow of of a story and of in fact it's multiple years really kind of pushed into this shorter amount of time and yeah. and it has it has a true north and it's all marching in that direction but they're all smaller stories and they all have a role to play like there's not there are some chapters right now chad that i may they might just go like or it's i'm i think there's one mm -hmm. that's like four thousand words <laughs> and it's gonna be i bet you it'll be like 500 I bet you I'm just going to just cut it, dude, just rip it and, and be like, you know what? I, I'm instead of telling this long thing, it's cause I know which one it is. It's one of the, uh, eating ice cream, her eating ice cream and having these, uh, hypothalamic storms, which are like seizures, um, extremely intense moments and a lot of pain. And I get in the face of some nurses and they're like crying and calling doctors like three in the morning, <laughs> putting their, putting their jobs on the line for us, man. I was, I was radical. But but making that and just crunching it down into two smaller ones that are short to just get the point that, you know, the yeah. fun of the ice cream and the intensity of the hypothalamic storms. I don't need to do a bazillion things in between. And so it's kind of cool you mentioned that ice cream book and you the way you described it, because that's that's kind of what I'm trying to get at with mine. And it's made it a lot easier because everything I've ever written is not only in that style, but is in that length. You know, and mm -hmm. because of that, I have a whole new degree of confidence that I'm not experimenting with something I've never done and hoping I do my best. I'm saying I'm actually pretty good at this and I've done it for a long time. And I know this story like the back of my hand because I lived it and mm -hmm. and it'll never leave me ever. And yeah. I can rock this out, dude. And so I'm pumped about it, buddy. Oh. I can relate a little bit to what you're um what you're going through with trying to decipher um, even though this is true, is it going to feed my story because you're looking for a broader audience and not because you're uh, like, if you were writing this for you and the wife and everybody involved, that would be different. You know, yeah. it would just be kind of a, an, an homage to everyone involved rather than I want to entertain or teach people with this book and keep their interest. Um, and when, because of like right now, I'm, I'm nearing the end of a book that I have coming out in March. 
not I'm not even done with it yet. I've got the cover done and stuff. And it's a prequel to The Same Deep Water as You. And I know you haven't read that. And I know you've heard me talk a lot about it. I told but you that's the one I want to read. Of all the yeah. ones that you've written, that's the that's the one. You know, because I a little bit of the backstory, but keep going. Yeah, the, the Same Deep Water as You, I didn't market it as um, like autobiographical. But 95% of the stuff in the book happened. Um with the exception of a couple of major things that just made the story better, you know, and the, I'm doing a prequel right now called slow burn on Riverside and it'll be out in March. I've, I've shared the, the um, cover on my Patreon page. And, um, but the, um, that also is, and I'm, I'll be doing four of these. I started uh, the, the same deep waters you takes place during um, like 1990, late 89, 1990. Um, and then this one takes place the, you know, the year before. And I'm going to do this until between six or 86 and 87 when I was 16 and 17. And they are all full of kind of life, life lessons. The reason why I'm going backward like that is because I wrote the first one, uh, not realizing I was going to write the other ones. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> But they're all standalones anyway. And I'm doing this one. This has a lot more fiction in it. But I'm recalling different stories, different people from my life, different events that happened. And the reason why I was kind of comp comparing it to, to your thing is because I will write something down and then later realize I don't really need to have that in there. Just because it happened yeah. that exact way, that's not that's not very entertaining. You know, no one really cares that this is how it happened or that or that this person was there or so I've had to try to look at it through a different lens because this isn't supposed to be something the same deep water as you was written for me. I didn't care who read it. I didn't care if everybody hated it. I wrote it a hundred percent for me. I I, I cherish I cherish the ages between 16 and 21. A lot happened. Um, a, a lot of good, a lot of bad. Um, and so this was my way of kind of, you know, just reminiscing and, and writing it down for myself, even if nobody ever read it or if nobody else liked it. But on this one, I'm handling it a little differently. I want people to enjoy it. And I don't want it to say the same thing that, the, that Deepwater says. I don't want it to be cover like any of the same kind of stuff. It's got the same characters. It's the same type of prose. Um, but I, I am, I, I can, I can see you like writing something down, even, even if it's 4,000 words long and then going, yeah, yeah, this isn't, this yeah, isn't screw moving, that. <laughs> this isn't moving anything along. This yeah, no. is, yeah. And it's hard. It's hard when you're, it's, it's totally different than if I'm writing pure fiction and then if I'm writing one of these um, things like Deep Water and Slow Burn, if I'm writing one of those, I'm drawing on on a lot of real life. Mm -hmm. um, so where, uh, you know, so it, you kind of, it almost kind of, you kind of, I, I kind of get lost in um, what I should leave in and what I should, because I'll write it down and then it won't occur to me until weeks later when I'm going through it again. It's like, this really does this this paragraph right here is for me. And mm -hmm. since this book isn't for me and, and I want people to enjoy it, I need to probably take this out. And mm -hmm. and it's like I have this struggle. Yeah, but that's how it really happened. That's yeah. what was really yeah. said, or that's what we were really doing at the time. And this person was also there too. Yeah, but they don't play a, a role in the rest of the book. So why have them yeah. th there at that scene? So I struggle with that. And I would imagine that you struggle with it. You know, oh big dude time. yeah big time it's like i i've had to come dude to this this acceptance of this because as i said like i i one of these days i'm gonna i have all of my notes that i prepared beforehand with all the names i bought one of those long graph papers that mm -hmm. had little squares and everything uh vertical and horizontal lines and stuff um and each one of those was its own name and all the chapters, and I would say, like, what chapters they were meant. I mean, it's super methodical. It was ridiculous, dude. Stupid, dumb. And in the end, a waste. I don't even, I don't even do that anymore. That's yeah. that's like I'm. I benefited from reading the book that you encouraged me to read on writing. 
tremendously benefited mm -hmm. from that. The idea that it's a story that's coming out of you. You're you're an archaeologist discovering this. You're not somebody mad scientist putting in all this stuff together and trying to force the symbolism down the throat and everything. And so yeah. it's changed it. But like, um, I I got to this place where I'm like, you know, it 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 would be, it would be really sad. I know that there will be people. I already know it. That there will be people who read it and will wish that in the composite, for example, let's say there's five different voices coming through one guy or a girl that they will wish, man, well, I'm the one who said that, not this person yeah, kind of thing. And I know that's going to happen. And that's why I finally had to get to the place where I said, then tell that part of the story. When you, when you read it, recognize yourself in it. See that I, I remember what you said. Yeah. Just, it just goes to show what impact it made on you. Yes. And that it, and that, it made an impact and that it was important. It was important enough to, to provide, but that um, this is something it's, it's kind of like, you know, being able to see a movie. And I know it sounds petty to say this because it's more important what I'm doing with the books. I'm actually giving words and stuff, but it's like people who, you know, my dad, for example, my dad was in a movie. There's a scene where there's a parade and my dad is, is out there and he's like, yeah, woo. And he's cheering and everything and clapping. Yeah. And he's all excited. And they show it like three times where he's in this scene. He doesn't say a word. Nobody would know. Nobody would know. But yet he's able to, to show that movie and show me. And I'm telling people now mm -hmm. and saying, yeah, my dad was there. That was really cool for my dad. My dad loved being there. He learned about how to do it. And I'm like, what, what I'm telling people and what I know I'm going to have to. And I'm, and I've accepted it. And I, I've just embraced it and said, ah, it's just, it's coming. <laughs> say, look, I know people are going to come and say, hey, you know, I, I, you know, I was hoping maybe I'd be in the book. And I'll be like, bro, you're coming to me and talking to me because, in fact, you are in the book, mm -hmm. but not your name. And I'm very sorry about that. But there's like 5,000 names, dude. Like, no offense. I, I, you can't. And you have, I, I had to come to that place in my own life where I said, draw the line. Enough is enough. If I, if I, if I do this. I'm never going to get it done. And I'm going to be re people reading it. They're not even going to care because they're going to get lost in all of the names of these people. And th it's going to be like, what is this nonsense? This is like, how many books have we read where there's, you know, 20,000 names <laughs> in a book? It'd be, yeah. I would be, I'd shut it down and say, no, I didn't find him by a phone book. It's so like some high fantasy Game of Thrones crap right there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it's like, but, but that's a big deal. And, and, what you said is so true, dude. Um, the idea that you go through and you write something and you're like, I don't need to put that in there. That It is true. And there's that draw, especially when dealing with something like really personal, like with you and you're talking about your biography, things you're, you're selecting those stories, dude. You're, you're selecting things that you've been through that stand out to you. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it actually came to me through a conversation with you and then coupled with Stephen King. And then you again, Having to do with what are they called? The darlings. Yeah, killing your darlings. Killing your darlings. Sometimes, dude, that's a chapter, man. Yeah. Sometimes that's like major time stuff. And it's and in fact, it my first line of my book is not the same anymore. Yeah. It's awesome, dude. That's I am common. so happy. Yeah. Yeah. That's common. I've got a friend. Now I don't do this. I often keep my first line because it's in that moment that I'm starting the book that I that the passion is really there. The idea is really there. And the, 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 um, the opening paragraph, uh, it's just, it, it flows well. Uh, not to say I haven't changed it before, but I do have a couple of friends who write and they do, um, they write several openings and they, they have a rule that you can't, and I don't go by this rule. I, I don't, I don't believe in it at all. But that you can't, the, the first paragraph that you write, you can't use because it's not going to be the best one that you can come up with. Yeah. And I, I'm sure every book yeah, that yeah, I yeah. wrote, I could come up with better paragraphs. But at the time, mm -hmm. you know, um, those, those, you know, that, that did it for me. And I, I, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't really, well, most writers don't subscribe to rules anyway. Um, because I mean, I mean, there are some that we have to adhere to for sure, but then there are some that you know, um, I, we break all the time. I, you mm -hmm. know, starting sentences with and or but or having you know like two word paragraphs and things like that. Um, yeah, 
I, I believe, by the way, very strongly in starting sentences. I have no I have no problems at all with starting sentences with and and but. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, I, no. I do. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to do it. I mean, that's just, you know, I I read too many great writers, dude, who do that. And, you yeah. know, <laughs> the English language is, is far more forgiving and flexible than a lot of editors would like to believe. Yeah. Um, and I say that as as a person who's done a great deal of like editing and con- being a contributing editor and serving on an editorial board for the newspaper and all that. So like, um, it's way more forgiving than, <laughs> than that. And so I'm, I'm with you on it, man. And you know, it's one of those things where the, I, I held really tightly onto so many things and it wasn't just, it, I was kind of doing what other people, what I was fearing other people would do and what I anticipate some doing. And that is like holding on to things that, aren't really important for me to hold on to because they're my own darlings. I have my own involvement with the story too. And mm-hmm. for clarity's sake, man, like, yeah, the, the story's true. It's got true people in it. I mean, we're, we're all real characters. I don't create a single fake character. There's no fake person. Every person is real. Um, mm-hmm. And every event or place we went to is real. Every phrase or conversation we had almost (laughs) is real but there are fantastical sequences even dreams Mm -hmm. in it um that are i mean wild and crazy in fact um and almost apocalyptic in a way almost like mythical proportions and stuff um and so i have that in there too um and it's it's been one of those things where just getting to that place where it's like even some of that, like it was a time and I, I'll just say it cause I, I'm not going to do it. There was a time where I was really, really intent on making it so that one of those sequences was involving this elaborate thing of being in a desert. Cause I was in Palm Springs and I actually got hit by a, um, a door hit my arm and it really injured me. I mean, I ended up having to go to therapy and stuff and it, in the story I, I fell down and I'm laying there and I, I hear that the cancers come back. Right. And I'm not a, even in Michigan. And I basically essentially pass out. I mean, it's like I'm laying on the ground staring up and there's a wind storm, which is true. The, <laughs> the sandstorm is crazy. Um, but I pass out. And in this visionary state that I'm in, um, I basically I meet Hades and and his, uh, uh, you know, so I, I meet Hades and I I go on this kind of journey and there's all this symbolism and stuff of the armor. And I go to a ghost town and then, you know, the, the whirlpool, it was just all the, all this stuff was in there. Right. And it all plays in, it's all symbolic. It all has meaning. All of it is stuff that I felt or stuff that I thought while I was going through all that. But one of the things, and some of that's going to stay, but um, one of the things that I wanted to include in that was that I wanted um, Hades. I wanted him to, to, um, all of his lines to be, and I don't know the proper way to pronounce it. If it's Terza Rima, Rima, the um, Dante, the way that the rhyme scheme and the meter and stuff that Dante uses in his Divine Comedy. People don't might not know this. That's really freaking hard. <laughs> That's like another level, man. And guys, the genius. You you, it's it's extremely hard, especially in English. It can be really really difficult. Um, and so it's not as hard as in, let's say, Italian, for example. Um, but I was really intent, dude. I was studying it. I was, of course, I was reading Dante a lot and stuff. And I'm, I'm going through and it was just this great idea. It sounded awesome. And I was really just, man, I need to do this. And dude, it, it, it was debilitating to the point. That was the last, that's that whole idea and committing to that idea of working and trying to start something that I never had done in my life and wanting to do this grand thing like that that was when I stopped writing and coming back. I said, I ain't doing it. <laughs> I ain't doing it, dude. I can write poetry, man, but Dante's Dante. I'm leaving Dante, bro. I'm leaving saying you can be yourself, man. You know, I'd love to write something like that one day, but not right now. I'm, I, I have, I'm on a mission and, um, and you got to let some stuff go. So, okay. When you, so when you're done with this and I'm assuming you're going to probably be done this year, Oh, I'm gonna be um, done within a couple months, like nice. I'll, done enough that I can send it yeah, to people like who are actually waiting right now. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay, so when you're done with that, <clears throat> you're probably gonna be excited about, um, you know, finally be done with that, and maybe dipping your toe into some 
let's say, I mean, I know you like to write, you're interested in politi politics, you're interested in journalism. Yeah. But is there a genre of fiction uh, that you think that you'd be good at, that you haven't pulled the trigger on, that you would be interested in, in doing? Horror. Yeah. Be well, because I'm terrified. <clears throat> yeah. Beca because I, I just have to write of the things that scare me. And like, mm -hmm. why? Because I, I mean, they might be silly. Like people be like, really, you're afraid of that and that and that. But dude, if I fleshed out like what in my in my head, what I'm thinking about those things, just that's not like unreasonably scary. <laughs> that's yeah. like, that's like, oh, dude, OK, that's what you're thinking. I mean, maybe you shouldn't think that way. But boy, oh, I'd be scared if I was thinking that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, and it's one of my favorite parts, dude, was writing the the frightening parts of um, the chapter in my book where we went over to the Doctor Who experience, the museum. It's not there mm -hmm. anymore, but it's pretty creepy, dude. It's creepy. You go in there and, and my daughter loved that stuff. She loved the creepiness of it. And so when I was writing it, I was really trying to to preserve that and to to preserve it and to to really heighten that sense of fear and the, the spectacle of the rooms that we were in, you know, to really heighten that. And it was pretty, pretty awesome, man. And I really enjoyed it. And it also kind of throws me back because I, I grew up when I was little. One of my favorite people to read was Edgar Allan Poe. And so I loved reading because I loved being scared by him. I, you know, I still think that of, uh, of Sherlock Holmes, some Sherlock Holmes books, man, dude. I, I'm reading that at night by myself. I'm like, dude, homie, this is it's good. It's good writing, right? It can spook people. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I like being able to do that. And I've really enjoyed being spooked <laughs> by you and all your crazy, ridiculous friends and all the movies you guys want to watch and <laughs> all this stuff. And so I've been spooked and I, but that would be one that I'd like to do, you know, um, you know, anything, I don't know about mystery, even though I've, I've always loved it. It's probably my, one of my favorite things to watch for like TV shows and stuff. Mm-hmm would be that but if i could do if i could do anything like just say i really really want to i really want to do this and not get elaborate with it where i'm trying to get you know drawing the most amazing things in the world but do one of two things to to make a kid's book that's got art in it because i really i love drawing for my kids i have original characters and stuff um but i also have original characters that when i was in high school i made comics and even back as far as seventh grade and stuff like that I, I was already doing political comics in like seventh grade um and that's what got me into kind of drawing and stuff was political cartoons mm -hmm. um and so um i'd kind of like to do that i it would be cool to make a comic you know or some kind of a book a comic would be weird because i don't want to have to learn you know in the moment be like well i'm trying to write this and i'm also trying to learn it at the same time i'd rather learn it over a period of time. And then once I feel comfortable with that, then move forward with it. Mm -hmm. But making, let's say a kid's book, you know, um, with these characters that tells a funny story, only a handful of lines per page. That's cute. And, you know, educational and inspiring even and motivating, assuring and nostalgic a little. And so, and being able to do that, the whole thing. And I'm already, I'm already editing my poetry at the same time as I'm writing right now. So I'm I'm getting my old poetry out and I'm realizing I'm like <laughs> way better right now. <laughs> like, dude, I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm glad that I won that in college. But boy, oh boy, your boy's gotten better. And so I'm thinking yeah. I need to go and I need to fix it up um, and make it just shine and and publish that as its own collection. So I'm doing that as I'm working on my book. I've got those two things going at the same time, refurbishing my poetry and coming up with new ones. New, new poems, even stuff that's a little bit a uh, little erotic. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, so a little bit of that. As I said, dude, I found I found my muse. I, I just something, you know, getting to a place in my life um, and and around influences in my life that, and, and separating myself from other influences too, you know, things that take away my time, um, social media, getting consumed. But I realized how badly so many of those things really were entrenched in me and mm -hmm. deeply rooted. And so I used that as a, as a blessing in disguise and said, you know, if I get caught up in that and consumed in that, 
um, and it takes away from my day, then I really can't focus the attention I need to give the best I can for what I'm doing. And so I'm really trying to do that so that, cause you know, I want, I want to rock, man. I, I don't anticipate being a bazillionaire. I mean, we've, we've interviewed Mallerman. We've interviewed Lansdale. You know, I mean, these are big name people. You are on here. You're co-hosting the show. You've been in all of these amazing. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's true, dude. You know it. I don't even play it. So, but it's yeah, don't, so, don't, don't try and put me up there with Mallerman and Lansdale. My gosh, Lansdale I, go. People should watch and see what Lansdale says about Chad <laughs> and then go and try to find some books for, try to find some books where maybe Chad's name is in a little list of people like Mallerman and people like, I don't know, Stephen King. So just, just find it, just find it and you decide for yourself. But no matter what, I don't, I don't have that feeling I, i'm not like oh dude it's gonna be great i'm gonna have a mcmansion as soon as i'm done publishing this but to me just the idea that i am like rip roaring ready to go and that i have committed to this i'm writing i'm falling in love with the thing that i did and i was in love with for most of my adult life and something that is not here today and gone tomorrow and this is the last thing I'll say about and my show and any of that stuff is that when someone's doing stuff, when I, I won't even talk about others, when I'm doing stuff online and I am posting a tweet or I'm posting a status update or I'm posting a daily show that talks about current events. Once it's done, it can be super dope, dude. And it is. I think I host a really good show when it's over. Um, I don't know if I get any comments hardly ever on anything that I posted in October or November or December or right now, January, or, you know, the first week of February, <laughs> because if you're in that mind, it's here today, it's gone tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's a flash in the pan. You, you share it. It's over. It's not a topic. It's current events with topics blended in, but it really is just a big, it's spamming, the internet, it's spamming the world with crap. And even if it's really good stuff, right? But writing, writing is something that I'm like, dude, my library is filled. Permanent. With, mm -hmm. Permanent, bro. And that I said, that is something that it sticks. And people have a real reluctance to let it go. People, people won't go back. And even if they don't go back, if they eventually do, it's going to be hard to get rid of it. They might be like, oh, I don't know. And if they do, most people ain't going to chuck it in the trash. They're going to bring it to a secondhand place, right? So they're going to they're bring it and say, look, we want to keep shuffling, keep shuffling, keep shuffling this thing away. You know, now, you know, you can put it in these little library things in front of your home and stuff, dude. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm thinking these things fly around like mad and, and it's hard for them to die, especially if they're pretty good. You know, if they're decent, yeah, that thing's going to float around for a while. If it's real good, it's going to float around for a long while. A lot of the books I read are 2000 years old. And I said, they're still Marcus Aurelius's meditations. Mega dope. <laughs> a mega dope. 2000 years old, dude. And I said, I want that for Jeremiah Bannister. I want that for my family. I want that for myself. I think that that is showing myself respect. And it's showing God that I honor the gifts and talents that I believe God gave me. And I'm trying to make best use of my time. And so my book's coming. <laughs> it's yeah, coming, man. dude. It's on. Well, I, I just wanted to, yeah, I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that because we hadn't talked since you said that you had made the change in your schedule. And I wanted, I just wanted to um, encourage you and, and, and try and throw some inspiration your way and to get you excited if you weren't. And I'm glad to hear that you are and you have been and you've, been you know disciplining yourself and stuff and and because it's easy to talk about wanting to write a book and wanting to I have people reach out to me all the time about advice and and first thing is like you just start you just kind of start doing it you know you can't talk about it for years and how you want to be a writer and you're an aspiring writer but you're not writing mm -hmm. so and, and you got to do it you got to keep at it i was just on my uh, Amazon account the other day on my KDP account. And I looked at a couple of years ago, like three years ago or so. And I was looking at my monthly sales and it was like $7, $14. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I really 
got proud of myself because I was like, wow, I didn't give up because I wasn't making anything for mm -hmm. years. And, and I'm still at a point, you know, I'm not making a living, you know, but instead of making, you know, um, you know, single digits, you know, I'm making well over triple digits in, in you know, monthly with, with uh, writing. And I was just, I was kind of proud of myself because that I didn't, and I think it was, I think it was perspective because when I, uh, when I first sold my first short story, actually I didn't even sell it. I just got accepted into a, in a, for the love anthology in like, uh, 2014. And all I really wanted was to be published once, even if it was just a story so that I could have that anthology or magazine or whatever it was on my bookshelf so that my kids could have that. And I'm looking at my stuff now and I have dozens of books up there now. Dude, you got to tell everybody where you, the new the new language, bro. The what? Your oh, book? yeah. I, yes. The Skullface playing? Yeah. No, no. Which one? We, we, it's uh, what language? Just recently. I just signed two contracts recently. Uh, I, uh, the Italian translation rights for Foster Homes and Flies. And then just recently I sold and got paid for the German rights for Skullface Boy. Straight up, man. So yeah, it's dope. Yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. But, but the, um, you keep, you know, you got to keep at it. I, in what I mentioned about perspective was I went from, you know, being like, I just want to have the story to each year you're, perspective kind of changes like i'm sure anybody whether it be stephen king or or lansdale or mallerman or whoever that first short story sale maybe if they only made 25 dollars, that was a, a pivotal moment and they were at the they were that was you know the peak for them and they were on top of the world you know that was mount everest and they were looking into the heavens and angels were singing and stuff and each, each, you know, as the months go by, that thing would change, you know, and then they'd look back and go, wow. You know, I look back and I go, wow, I, I remember being so happy when I sold my first short story, you know, and then now it's like, if I sell a short story, sometimes I don't even tell anybody, you know, whereas I used to like shout from the rooftops and, and stuff, you know, in, in, so looking back on when I wasn't making hardly anything, if I went back to that now, I wouldn't keep writing. <laughs> so I can't pat myself on the back too much. Right. It was just even, even apparently back then making, you know, $7, $14 a month or something like that was kind of a big deal because I had nothing else to compare it to other than the month previous. I hadn't any, I didn't have a book out. I wasn't selling, you know, I wasn't selling anything. So, right. and in that, fortunately the, the, that, you know, each year, the, you know, the, it, it gets more and more as far as like how, you know, many books I have, how many, how much money I've made uh, writing, you know, to where I'm, I mean, if I, if I started in 2014, I looked at where I'm at, I am now, I would, um, I just never expected that. So I'm really thankful for, even though I'm, I'm not making a living, even though I'm like small potatoes, um, it still feels really good in, yeah. in, and that progression every year is what keeps me going. And of course, having people, you know, actually read and then, and then go on to read a, another one of mine and then, you know, another one. But um, yeah, the goal definitely is to, cause I got no retirement plan, man. You know, I've got, if, if, when I turn 65, I'm screwed if I don't do something now. So um, this is part of my retirement too. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I, I, the plan is to put at least six books out this year, self-published books out this year. How many? Uh, six, at least. Dope. That's the. That's awesome, it, man. Yes. I, I hope. But yeah, man. So there's your. And, and also, I thought maybe some people would would, you know, we've got a lot of readers and writers who listen and yeah. maybe they could get encouraged too, just by hearing. I love hearing uh, people talk about shop, you know. And I, I, I can't wait uh, for you to have some stuff out. Yes. You know, and so not just articles, can... man. Like, I love my articles. If people want to read them, 
I've got yeah. I've, the last two that I wrote that that I really to give us a representative sample of what I do. Um, they were published over at themeaningofcatholic.com. Uh, you can find them on my own website too, but um, but it's it's called uh, the Blinding Light of Darkness, and that's about a thing called a, a rorate celi mass, um, a rorate mass where there's candles in the morning and it's in dark, and then the sun comes up and it comes to the windows at a certain point. Pretty pretty amazing time. Uh, the symbolism in there and even the the way that I use the liturgy and things like that. Um, people who are familiar with that would be like, dang, it's kind of, kind of interesting how I played it. But then I have another one, a real personal one called to live and die beneath the waves. Um, and it talks about lessons that I've learned from, uh, the sea and, and how that affected me with my daughter and with my faith. And so both of those things, um, kind of speculative and, uh, a lot of rich imagery, even kind of pastoral in a way, but it's not preachy at all. Like I'm not like, you know, it's it's a story ultimately. Um, and so even for the sites that I that I write for, they're like your little idiosyncratic. <laughs> like you're the only guy that's writing like this on our site. Like other people are writing, you know, just kind of well, this is what the belief system is, so on and so on. I'm here, I'm telling stories and stuff. And so with that, you know, I have a lot of that out there, and I've I have poetry out there. But nothing that's nothing that's in a bind, dude. Nothing that's got covers. Nothing's got my name on it, man. O other than the the literary journal that I was published in, the intercollegiate journal that I was published in. I was published in two of um and got an award for one of them, made like five thousand bucks for one. Um, and so like I have selections in that. But other than that, I don't have any book to say that that's mine. That hey, you want to buy my book? Go over here and check it out. And so I hope people are inspired too, because dude. It's been a long time coming for me and it's different for everybody. And, but learning from people on this show and hearing their stories and then hearing you and seeing you not, not just hearing, but seeing and saying like, you know, you'll call me and we'll talk about, you know, the, the, the deal where you, you, somebody buys it for German or Italian or Russian or whatever, you know, all these different places. And you got this short story you're working on. You got this over here that you're working on. And you got all these things. You got your little post notes, your sticky notes. You got to, you know, when you're done with it, you you switch them out. I I I know that's part of your life, dude. And I see it. It's not just it's not talky talk on a on a video. It's like you're really sitting down and you're cranking that bugger out, and you're doing it all the time. And you're constantly setting that bar a little bit higher, a little bit higher. I even know the work that you put into to getting that out there so that people even know about it. And that they can uh, that they can connect with it and promote it as efficiently as you can, as effectively as you can. I know the I know the time, and even a little bit of the money you put into that. And so to see that, it's not just words; it's action, and it's been really, really encouraging. And kind of with that, along with other things, getting me to a place where I really was at a crossroad, and I had to uh, I had to make a decision as to ultimately, dude, more than anything else what I am and what am I? And if I'm doing something that's not what I am and what I was called to do and what my vocation, my calling is, if, if I'm not doing that, then what the hell am I doing? Like uh, why, how, how dare I do that? <laughs> like I, I believe, I, I believe in that. And so I said, if I, if I'm not destined for that, I ain't playing that game. I'm not playing, you know, footsies and pickup sticks with my butt cheeks and crap like i am being serious about what i'm supposed to do with my life and i'm really grateful for influences like you and people on the show people on the show and and uh and the muse <laughs> in my muse so, like, yeah man yeah, well man. so stay tuned for uh jeremiah's book it, it, when it's out whether that be this year next year uh we'll be advertising we'll be talking about it where people can get it. So uh, if they want to reach out to us and um, send us free money or whatever they might yeah, want to yeah, do, yeah. Um, the, uh, where, can they, where can they reach us at? They can reach us over anywhere online, Paleo Cheese. And so you look up Paleo Cheese with a Z. Uh, you can find us, uh, email us at Gmail. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us at Acast. Uh, any, any of the major podcast platforms 
What is that? <laughs> Somebody's reaching out to you by phone. <laughs> They're dialing paleo cheese right now. Yep. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what is that noise? That oh, is my dad. I, I but that's how that's back. how people can find it. YouTube, you, you may be watching it there. But listen, dude, before before we leave though, before we leave, um, there's something, dude, that I have to I have to say. And so I need you to close your eyes, Chad. I need you to close your eyes, buddy. I want I want all of our listeners, dude, just close their all eyes, right. okay? Just really get into it, dude. Are we going Happy into the Happy birthday to you. Oh, Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Happy birthday, dear Chad. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Yes, yeah, your birthday's coming up, dude. You're gonna be yeah. what? You know, tomorrow. Sixty-three years 13th. old, sixty-four. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> You're an arper now, dude. You're an arper. Oh no, dude. I love you, man. And it's uh, yeah, it's your birthday tomorrow. And I, I just thought I said, you know, <laughs> jeez, I better uh, better call my dad. He's probably wanting to wish me a happy birthday. For yes. Tomorrow. All right, man. Well, that's a good way to end the show, dude. Go talk to your dad, buddy. Yeah. All right, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs>